0: to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show on the air and uh, enjoying the day. Hopefully you are as well. We certainly appreciate you being here. Um, uh, the news is basically that David Stearns, the breaking news, uh, as we've had quite a bit of it today coming out of New York, the breaking news of the day is uh, David Stearns is the new president of, uh, baseball operations for not not shocking by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the new president for baseball operations uh, for the uh, for the New York uh, New York Mets, which we all saw this coming and uh, knew it was going to happen. Did I'm not surprised by it? There's nothing uh, you know really to see here, so to speak, when it comes to that. But um, I also think that. Um, you know, I would be I would be shocked if indeed David Stearns took Craig Council. That's where everybody was going. Everybody wanted to see if that was the case. And uh, I you know, I, I, I said that I would be shocked if uh, David Stearns was able I, able to take Craig counsel. Um, so I, I mean, I don't say shocked very often because there's not much more that shocks me in this world, but that would be something that that would if indeed uh, David Stearns would be able to coax away Craig Council, uh, who we've all just assumed that if he doesn't manage next year, it would be because of family, not
1: because he's heading off to New York to be a part of the Mets organization. Now that David Stearns is gone, let's think about what are the best and the worst moves that he made. We think that the best move is probably the Yelich trade, is that the easy number one? What do you think is uh, two and three? Yeah. What else comes to mind?
0: Oh, God.
1: Well, uh, you know, some of the trades that he made when he was
0: still a part of Houston certainly have benefited the nice. <laughs> as well. I mean, um, God. There's uh, – you can you can talk about some of the guys that he has picked up or let go. But then again, see, here's the thing. I wonder, like, like, like I, I thought Hunter Renfro was a great addition last year. And, and he's done not big deals, but small deals that have helped this team. You know, when you acquire and get and grow guys like Corbin Burns and Woodruff, and you make trades and you pick up additional pitching, additional arms, you know, bringing in, you know, like, look at what Devin Williams has done. When you talk about the ascension of some of these guys in the system, maybe you can look at that and say, wow, these guys have done extremely well. Uh, but it's always been get the, get the best talent that's controllable and that is the, on the cheap, and I hate to say it that way, but it's on the cheap for the organization because you cannot play in the same ballpark as the Mets, as the Dodgers, as the Yankees, as the Red Sox, as some of these teams that spend money willy-nilly because you just don't have that same ability. And I've often thought that that, you know, for what he's done overall, I thought he did a good job kind of playing on that that, that unlevel playing field. Would you agree? I mean, I I would. I would think that, you know, for what he's done, I mean – and and what he did with this organization. I, I like the fact, maybe the best move he ever made, uh, before Yelich and everything else, maybe the best move he move he ever made when he took over for Doug Melvin, when Doug Melvin traded away Carlos Gomez and began kind of the liquidation of the Milwaukee Brewers, and then David Stearns gets hired right after that, and Doug Melvin turns over the reins. I think the best thing he ever did, and I've always credited him and, and Mark Antanasio for this, was sitting down in front of the cameras and saying, We are beginning the process. Please bear with us. Because there was transparency there. And we we all appreciated that. We all appreciated the fact that he came forth and said, Yeah, there's gonna be some downtime here. We got some things that we need to retool. You know, the, the team was terrific. Uh, they got back to the postseason. They kinda went for it. Uh, they, you know, in doing so, a small market team tends to, you know, deplete the farm system. And then you don't have much really up and coming. You don't have much to be able to deal to fill the holes that you need to be able to fill throughout another season or two or four. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of start this process over again. Bear with us. I think that was probably the best move David Stearns had made. Would you agree? Would you agree, Zach or Grant?
1: What was that, Bill? Ask that one more time. Sorry, I was screening a no, call for I, you.
0: I, 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 no, that's okay. I was just saying that I thought the best move he ever made mm-hmm. was sitting down in front of the cameras and saying. Uh, after the Carlos Gomez trade, when Doug Melvin was on the way out and, and David Stearns was on his way in, was sitting down and saying, because of, you know, back in 2008, they they made it to the postseason. They were kind of going for it. CeCe Zabathia comes in and everything that goes along with that. But you deplete your farm system along the way. And therefore, for a small market team to be able to compete, you have to have you know assets to trade to fill holes year by year. And they depleted the team. So instead of going, hey, we're in it to win it, he sat down his first year and said, that began the process. You got to give us a couple of years to kind of put this thing together. It's not that we're not going to be competitive. It's just that we don't have as deep a talent as we would like to have as our in our pool. Yes, and give us some, And to me, that was probably the best because it was both him and Mark sitting there being extremely transparent. And Brewers fans went, absolutely, we get it. You're honest with us. We appreciate that. Right. And I think that was probably the best move he ever made.
1: Yeah, and I think those comments they they served a couple of purposes. Number one, they set fans' expectations low. And I would argue that Stearns probably under-promised and over-delivered. I think the Brewers got good in, in 2017, 2018 a lot faster than a lot of Brewers fans thought. Yeah. So I, I think just for, for establishing fan expectations, that was smart. And I thought Stearns was also smart in those comments because – it, when he got to Milwaukee, it sounded like he understood. He's like, hey, guys, I understand what happened in 2008. I understand the steps you're trying to take as a franchise. He didn't come in as this outsider and say, forget what's been done. Forget about this guy. Forget about th-. he didn't do the Sean Payton. Like what's been going on here has been the worst coaching or the worst management ever. He came in and immediately kind of made himself part of of what had been going on in Milwaukee. And I thought that was really smart, too, because then we were more likely to listen and and more likely to be on his side. Totally. I, uh, I, I obviously Christian Yelich and what he did to make that move
0: and the years that Christian Yelich had here, I thought were fantastic and bolstering the offense and trying to get bats and you know kind of piecemealing things together and, and you know Hunter Renfro last year just a, a you know a small acquisition but nevertheless he ended up being your best overall hitter last season. I mean you could take the little moves that meant something and there were some obvious you know times that it didn't work. Jackie Bradley Jr. didn't work. You know, I mean, but they took a shot at it. You know, Colton Wong worked for one year, didn't work for the next year, but they took a legitimate shot at it. Now, in a year in which coming out of COVID, I thought they would pull the purse strings extremely tight. Instead, they went out and spent money. So in some of those moves that they made, he got value. He got a little bit of value. Now, did it all work out? No. Ultimately, they didn't win a championship. But I think for the most part, he proved that if you play the game correctly – and if you find enough defense, and I, I I'll never forget because David Stearns, I'm sitting down there and they had so many outfielders. I'm in spring training and I had I had him on the air and I said, "How are you packing in all these outfielders and getting them to come here?" Um. By, and and he kind of stopped me and he looked at me and he said, "Everybody's going to get 400 at bats. It's the way we manipulate the roster and injuries are going to happen." So whether they're a starter on on day one or whether they're a starter on day 60 or whether they're a starter in week 162, it doesn't matter because everybody's going to get 400 at-bats. It just happens that way because of injuries and the way the game is played. And so that's the way he sold the team. It's like, who cares if you're not a starter today? You probably will be tomorrow or at some point throughout the rest of the season, you're still going to get 400 plate appearances. So to me, it was being able to sell the team in that way and being able to Uh, convince players, not of high stature, but of the mid-market stature, to say, come here and give us a chance because we're going to be a competitive team and we're going to have a legitimate shot at winning the division and getting to the postseason. And ultimately, that's what guys want. So that's what I liked about David Stearns. Towards the end, you start to question because of the way the team operated. It's not the way David Stearns traditionally operated. And... I thought – I I still to this day believe that the trading away of Josh Hader was a scenario that was laid in front of Mark Antanasio and said, uh, you know, plate A, we've got the ability to keep him and try to work something out with him. But if we're going to lose him, we can always make a deal in the offseason and we can do this and this and this and this. And, and, you know, keep that money on the books and make a legitimate run. Or two – well, you got Devin Williams waiting in the wing, and maybe we can get something for him in three or four pieces that might help us and may not help us. I don't know, but you get the money off the books. But do you really want to do that as you're in the midst uh, of a divisional race? And I believe that Mark Atanasio said, "By all means, go with plate B," and because it just wasn't David Stern's way to go with plate plate B and, and disrupt something so magnanimously in the middle of a uh, of a race. And, and I, I still believe that was called from upstairs. So. David Stearns, though, now he goes and tries to work his magic in New York. And for for being a Mets fan and the hometown team and such as he is, um, there's an old adage that says you can't go home again. And we all wish him nothing but the best, but it is such a difficult market and such a difficult situation. And much like the New York Jets, it's where players go to die. Um, they, for whatever reason, and maybe he brings and gets rid of the stench. He brings a breath of fresh air into that organization, um, and wipes a lot of things out and gets all the scouts on the same page. And, you know, like he did for Milwaukee, but man, it's so hard to get rid of that stench of just, it's,
1: it's like, what else can go wrong? will go wrong in this organization as we've seen with the Mets. I think step number one for Stearns when he gets to New York is make sure himself The owner and the manager, if it's Buck Showalter, whoever it is, they're all on the same page. They all realize the goal and the way they're going to operate because when Stearns and the Brewers were really humming, it was so clear that from ownership to David Stearns down to Craig Council, they all were rowing in the same direction. And that allowed Mm -hmm. them, I think, to really outperform their payroll and to bring in cheaper guys and they would excel because they had such a clear vision of what they wanted to do. That's step number one when he goes to New York. They need to get everyone on the same page.
0: Well, we know that uh, Stearns is off to New York. Now the big question that I see flying through Twitter is, is the next uh, you know, person to follow in the footsteps going to be Craig Council? And like I said, I would be shocked. Uh, I really would be because at least from what we've been led to believe um, is that if there is a decision to be made about the future of the managerial spot in, in Milwaukee, it's Craig Council's to make, and it's uh, a choice between managing the Brewers or spending time with the family and going to see his own kids grow up. It was never between the Brewers or wherever David Stearns goes. If indeed this is in the works and there's something down the road and he would like to go manage in New York. I, I just I would be shocked if that were the case. So and like I said, I don't use the term shocked very often, but that would be uh that would be somewhat shocking. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy, eight seven 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 eight six seven 1670 if you can hit us up please feel free go ahead and give us a shout you can also find us uh, over on twitter at bill underscore michaels at bill underscore michaels uh on the live stream you can find us on youtube you can find us on uh, uh on twitch tv kick tv you can find the link over on the twitter app uh all that kind of stuff uh but you can follow us there and also chime in in that particular sense as well 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You're going to step away, take a quick break, come back, and we'll get back into it. want to remind you that uh, if you're looking for terrific Italian food, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, or this weekend, or date night, or down the road, you don't go anywhere but up when it comes to Calderon Club. It is so awesome and so good. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just had some people in town last weekend, and they said, Look, I haven't had this kind of Italian food in years. It's so good. And whether it was Calderon Club or San Giorgio, which we had both that night, oddly enough, uh, 838 Old World 3rd Street. It is just fantastic. Gino and the gang do a a terrific job and uh, stop down to either Calderon Club or San Giorgio. uh, Both places right there across from the Hyatt, Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Again, 838 Old World 3rd Street. That's Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket,
2: this is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Zone Radio Network.
3: What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping?
2: I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, made sure they had all of the measurements when the Pella people left. You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do.
3: Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023.
2: say
0: thanks to our somebody friends at Stoll's Old 109. They knocked it out of the park after all the reaction regarding the motorcycle ride that we had uh, a week ago Sunday. Um, they uh, Man, we had a lot of reaction. And I, I'm actually going to do something over on that particular page, probably either tonight or tomorrow. But uh, just to say thanks because I haven't had really – it's not that I haven't had a chance. It's just that we've been kind of wrapping up all the details. But uh, a lot of high praise for Stoll's Old 109 and Alicia – and the, the staff out there, the way they kind of handled things and uh, the, the way they, uh, you know, kind of got everybody through there in such a mass manner. And the food was impeccable. The service was great. And it, it's just indicative of who they are. Uh, Jeff and Alicia do such a great job, both with Stolly's Hog Alley and Stoles Old 109. Both places are fantastic. Uh, Stolly's Hog Alley is in Oconomowoc in Summit, right there in Venice Beach Road in Oconomowoc. And Stoles 109 on County Road R in Watertown. Both are great places, great people. And they support our causes, and we can't say thanks enough to them and support them as well. So check both places out if you have the opportunity. Um, something relatively interesting, and I, I wanted to bring this up, and I saw this, and somebody had just tweeted me uh, and asked me my opinion on this, and I was going to get to this. Uh, I don't know if anybody had seen this, um, but between the New York Times and the Athletic, Jim Trotter, longtime uh, NFL writer. Um, he's been around a long time. Uh, he was with the NFL Network. He has now sued the NFL and the league-owned cable channel, uh, the NFL Network, for racial discrimination, claiming that his contract was not renewed because he spoke out about pro football's lack of diversity in the league front office. And he talked about it with, uh, among coaches and the media arm and people within the newsroom there uh, at uh, the NFL Network. He's now a columnist for The Athletic, uh, which is a sports website owned by The New York Times. But it was a 53-page complaint. And basically, uh, over the last two Super Bowls, he questioned, I don't want to say publicly challenged, but questioned Roger Goodell about diversity. Because Roger Goodell had said a couple of years back that the NFL wants to be held accountable regarding diversity. So Trotter said, quote, I tried to do so, and it cost me my job. He said he previously raised concerns about the discrimination in the NFL before uh, taking Roger Goodell to task on national TV back in February. Included among his claims were that the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said to him in a lawsuit it it was basically what he considered to be somewhat racist remarks. In August of 2020, Trotter asked Jerry Jones about why there weren't more black professionals in decision-making positions in the NFL. Jerry's response was, quote, if blacks feel some kind of way, they should buy their own team and hire who they want to hire, end quote. Now, the Cowboys not responding to this. Trotter said he wanted to mention Jones' uh, comments on the air during his coverage of John Gruden's case in 2021 as those racist emails that were written by the former Raiders head coach came to light because he felt it was kind of a pattern of dismissiveness uh, to diversity in the, in the National Football League. The lawsuit also claims that two of Trotter's supervisors instructed him not to use Jerry Jones' comments. Uh, Mr. Trotter raised his concerns on numerous occasions about the NFL's record on racial diversity and discrimination, but the NFL did nothing to legitimately investigate or address his concerns, even though offensive conduct was being committed by people at the very top, according to the complaint. Uh, the NFL said uh, that we could take his concerns seriously but strongly dispute his specific allegations, particularly those made against his dedicated colleagues at the NFL um, and NFL media. Now, despite the disagreement, Trotter, who, who was employed by the NFL Network for five years, had expected to be offered a new contract. Sandra Nunez, who's the vice president who oversees the NFL's, NFL Network's on-air talent, told Trotter last November she could, quote, not envision any reason why his contract would not be renewed and asked if Trotter wanted to even expand his role. They wanted to use him more. But this past February, just before Trotter asked the commissioner at a news conference about the league's commitment to diversity and how they had not been hiring a senior you know, manager of color in the NFL Network's newsroom, the question was similar to the one Trotter asked Goodell at the previous Super Bowl. The next day, his supervisor asked one of his colleagues, why does Jim keep bringing this up? And at the beginning of March, Trotter's claims, uh, claims that Nunez then asked if he was, quote, in alignment with the NFL. To which he replied, no, there's no black res- representation in decision-making positions. And then the next, uh, on March 24th, Nunez told Trotter's agent that his contract was not being renewed. So he is now seeking damages. Uh, and it kind of goes on from there, the story. But basically, saying that uh, you, when you've got the lawsuit regarding Brian Flores, and you've got other issues, you've got comments being made, emails flying around, and nothing really has been done in the sense of uh, hiring people of color for higher managerial responsibilities within the NFL or the NFL Network. He says the proof's in the pudding. Here you go. And because I questioned them about it, I have been told I'm I'm no longer employed. So. Uh, the NFL dealing with yet another another lawsuit. Now the NFL is the cash cow, and everybody wants to sue the NFL for whatever reason. I understand that, but this one this is Jim Trotter, and the only reason I bring this up is because Jim Trotter has had throughout his career, if you've read his stuff, a vast array of credibility. He's always been somebody that's been journalistic in the sense of not interjecting a lot of personal opinions or innuendos. He's basically, it's it's kind of the old days of give me the facts, just the facts. And he's good at digging up the facts. So in this particular case, for things that have been stated to him, things that he's, he's read, things that have, you know, been. Because remember, the NFL did not go to court with John Gruden. They settled that. Because that they were going to subpoena every email. And they were going to have computer anal- analysts go through the emails and the servers of the NFL and the NFL network and of teams. And you talk about a Pandora's box that was about to be opened. And I can only imagine how deep that would have gone and what that could have done. I mean, just think about it in your own company. You know, things that maybe you've written in an email or things that have been said in a chat room or something, you know even though it's a, it's a quick quip right um you think about everything then going public opinions of people opinions of coworkers uh, you know opinions of teams of you know whatever that can be taken completely out of context but be laid out there in your words for the world to analyze you know the NFL didn't want that and you can only imagine why so that's why they ended up settling that lawsuit with John Gruden now This this is going right back into the fire, because if they end up demanding uh, the those emails and going back to the John Gruden story and things characteristically to back up what Jim Trotter is saying about, you know, inherent racism within the NFL, uh, then you could be right back into the fire if you're the NFL. So really uh, interesting stuff uh, that's coming out. So yet another lawsuit filed against the NFL. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And, um, we are going to talk with, uh, Chuck Freeman from the Lock On Brewers podcast, David Stern's heading off to New York to, to run the Mets. Uh, that came out today. Jeff Passon had it from ESPN. So, uh, we'll talk to Chuck a little bit about that, but man, oh man, oh man. Brewers explode with runs last night. And Corbin Burns is just sitting there with his hands out going. What about me? What about me? What do I got to do? to get a few of these runs stay tuned we got a whole lot more of the bill michael show it's all coming up right after this covering wisconsin sports like a blanket
2: this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network quick trap brings you quick hot savings we're making a splash this month with our nature's touch milk Just $2.99 a gallon. All our one-gallon 2%, 1% and skim nature's touch milk is on sale and ready to hit your fridge. Oh, how can you beat fresh straight from our dairy milk that's ready for movie night milkshakes? Or to make those morning waffles extra fluffy. Hey, we got you covered with quick hot savings. Only at Quick Trip. Buckle up. It's all systems go at Pottawatomie. Plug in to High Wattage Play and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. More info at PaysBig.com slash BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Hopefully you're in, uh, enjoying your afternoon. Sunshine. Brewers get a big win last night. Packers got a win over the weekend. Brewers still three games up on uh, on the Chicago Cubs. They uh, just unloaded a boatload of runs last night. That's for darn sure. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Social House, H-A-U-S, on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. And uh, they had a big bags tournament there this past weekend. It was a lot of fun for a lot of people. I saw a lot of the pictures on Facebook, and people just enjoyed the day and then ultimately watched the Packers game. And with that big new expansion, man, they have TVs everywhere. So if you're looking for great food, I recommend the Tiger Burger, by the way. Tiger Burger is outstanding. Stop into a Social House, Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls, and uh, check them out and say uh, to Dan Dell and the staff, hello. Um the uh, the uh, uh, Brewers get a boatload of runs last night and knocked off um, knocked off the Miami Marlins back at it again today. What has all transpired in the last 24 hours is rather interesting with David Stearns going to the New York Mets to talk more about it. Our guy from the Locked On Brewers podcast is uh, Chuck Freeman. Chuck,er how you been, pal?
4: Well, I'm doing great in the last couple of days because uh, the, the invitation Bill has been received for the ugly sweater Christmas party yes. at the Bill Michaels household. Yes, I will be there. We will try. That went out that. last week.
0: Yeah, I would check, make sure no kids. I, I would bring yourself with an appetite and uh, and maybe a hotel room.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> it's always uh, always bring your appetite to a Bill Michaels party cuz you'll leave with no appetite for 3 days. <laughs>
0: right, right, absolutely cuz everybody brings something really good to grub on. So, last night they explode. They get a bunch of runs, and if I'm Corbin Burns, I'm sitting in there going, what the hell do I got to do to get this kind of run support? You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, although a couple of starts, though, he did get bailed out when he gave up three home run balls. But I'm saying, Bill, that back-to-back pitching performance from Burns going 8-0 hit innings and then what Woodruff did last night, that's about as good of a 1-2 punch that I've seen back-to-back pitching, starting pitching days in Brewer history. I don't think I've ever seen anything better than that. I mean, you know, only a handful of pitchers have gone eight no-hit innings in Brewer's history. Uh, Jim Slayton has done it. Uh, Nieves, of course, who pitched the no-hitter. And Burns has done it twice. And the great Moose Haas, uh, I think, did it. Uh, I might be wrong on that one. But only a handful of pitchers have. So do what Burns did the other night. And then have Woodruff come back and pitch a complete game. He, he went out there for 106 pitches last night, which is right. astounding in a 12 nothing game. I'm just stunned they didn't pull him earlier. Now, counts will pull guys, you know, in a tight game with less pitches, but in a blowout, you would think, you know, Woodruff coming off the injury, they would just, you know, take him out after seven.
0: So the, the, the Brewers are still three games up on, on the Cubs, and uh, you know, it, they've been able to hit the ball a little bit better here down the stretch, and I certainly think that they've had a bevy of players that have kind of stepped up in the spotlight at different times. It hasn't been just one guy. So give me your thoughts as this team goes down the stretch, because I was talking last night, and, and the question is, well, if they get to the playoffs, what can they do? And my argument is, well, first of all, you don't need to do a ton. You just have to have decent pitching. So if you go to a four-man rotation of Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and probably Miley, who's been throwing the ball decent, so you've got four guys that are really solid, and that's a good road. That might be one of the best rotations going into the postseason. So you always have a fighter's chance.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to get by that wild card. I'm assuming they're going to win the division. I guess they never should assume with the Milwaukee Brewers, but let's just say they win the division. They're going to have uh three wild card games coming up. Uh you got to win the the first one, the two, and all three of those games will be at AmFam Field. The Brewers will have home field advantage against the last seed of the wild card. So let's say the Brewers are playing Arizona. Yeah, you got Burns, you got Woodruff, and then you got Peralta and then if you have a couple of days off, if you win that, when you start the series on Friday, let's say, let's say you win it in two, and then you start Friday, and then you come back with Miley. I, I'm always in favor, if, if you could pull it off, a three-man rotation. I mean, you get through a three-man. Because the Brewers are going to have the rest of the pitching staff. They are. Because you just don't know what you're going to get from these guys day in, day out. Yeah, they scored the, the 12 runs last night, but they could come right back. <laughs> I mean, this was on the heels of what happened Sunday when they couldn't score for Burns, as you mentioned there. So these guys are either either feast or famine sometimes. But with those three guys in particular at the top of the rotation, uh, and Freddie didn't have a good start his last time out, I I like their chances. Now, can you scratch out runs? They'll they'll have the best pitching staff, but the worst offense going into the postseason. There's no doubt they'll have the worst offense of any baseball team uh, in, in either league going into the postseason
0: lately the bats have been better what do you see give me if if you're going to go in there you're going to say okay here's some of the positives that are happening give me your thoughts because i i mean certainly since sal Freelick came up it's been somewhat of a an energizing effect much like garrett mitchell was when he first got his opportunity early on this season we've talked about that but making a few moves, seeing – now, granted, the, the, the numbers are great. They, they don't have huge statistical numbers, and it's not like you're sitting there. I mean, Christian Yelich is, is still sitting at 274, and he's had a little bit of a downturn throughout the month of August going into September. And Willie Adamas, you thought, might be coming back, and he's still battling, still with 24 home runs and such. But give me, give me some of the positive sides, because Contreras has certainly been uh, a, hell of a, a hell of a story very quietly. But give me some of the positives
4: going into the postseason offensively. Well, you know, Contreras and, and Adamas hit the ball as well as he's had all year last night with the two doubles and the triple. Um, but, you know, off, I, I think offensively it's, you know, you, you, it's a mystery, really, because Contreras and Yellich has dipped off, and now he's it appears that he's going through some sort of a back issue. But Contreras, I like, uh, you know, Mark Hanna has been a great addition. Had the leadoff home run uh, the other day. I love his addition to the, the lead-up homer yesterday. I love his addition to the lineup. And I mm-hmm. like him in the leadoff spot. I like him getting – I like him or Freelick in the leadoff spot, but I'll, t- I'll take Canna. I think Canna's a guy you can't take out of the lineup. That's the guy you got to find. And he can play. he's so versatile. He's the guy you've got to play every day. He, he's the guy you've got to play every day. I don't care what you do. You've got to have Mark Canna's name in the lineup. And, uh, you know, Freelich, I like to see his name in the lineup every day. Uh, Carlos Santana, I'm going with him. I'm I'm forgetting Rowdy Teles even existed, and and go with Santana at first base, and then Contreras. It's funny because when they picked up Contreras uh, in the offseason in that trade, they thought that they would use Caratini as the backup and then give Contreras the day off. But Contreras has been so good offensively in this team is such a need for offense that on his days off he's been DHing. So he's been in the everyday lineup, and that's just where this this team is offensively right now. But yeah, there's there's only a handful of guys on this team you really can count on offensively, and, and you know all those guys I mentioned aren't exactly having all star years.
0: The uh, the the addition of some of the guys like you had talked about Canna, they're not. These are typical Brewers additions. They're not huge, but they're just piecemeal players. And you talk about Carlos Santana, um, he has also been at times. He has shined brightly. It's not been one guy. That's the one thing I like about the Brewers is, on one hand, it hasn't been one guy that you're relying upon. On the other hand, you never know where the, the heroics are going to come from, and and any given night, guys could be looking at each other going, is it going to be you? No. Is it going to be you? Not me. I, you got it. And then they all and ultimately fall short. That's kind of where this offense feels like it is. You know what I mean?
4: Well, it, it is that way, and it's been that way all year. The Josh Donaldson edition, Bill, has is interesting. Because they called him up out of the blue yesterday. Uh, that was just a little surprise. And, and right. what Council will do is when a guy gets called up, they'll put him in the lineup. They'll put that guy in the lineup. The guy gets traded to the Brewers. They'll put that guy in the lineup. Council doesn't want to mess around and have the guy sit on the bench. He puts him in the lineup right away. And was in the lineup, and then Monasterio moved to second. And the Council was asked, what are you going to do at third base now? Because Donaldson just had a, a wretched... A wretched career with the Yankees. Former MVP with the Twins. But, I mean, if somehow you could find something with Donaldson. I didn't like the move of picking him up. I, I, I admit that, you know, it didn't cost him anything. But, Monasterio has been their steady third baseman. Uh, obviously, the Brewers feel they can do better at third base. Next year, Monasterio will not be the everyday third baseman. He's a good utility guy, but he's the everyday third baseman now. Because they've they've fallen in that area. Urias didn't work out, uh, and they didn't imagine trading him, so or him getting sent down to the minors. But I mean, Josh Donaldson's 37. If he can help this team out with being another stick off the bench, or you know, making a few starts over at third base, and you know, the one thing he's been able to do, even though he has not hit for average, is hit home runs. So I mean, that was a very curious move, Bill, getting Donaldson and, and putting him in and. We'll see if he's back in that lineup again tonight.
0: Right. Uh, give me your thoughts. Uh, two things. One, uh, the Rowdy Teles experiment, it, in my opinion, has pretty much come to an end, and this is going to be it for Rowdy, right?
4: I think so. Uh, I, I he's at least for this this year. I was I was not sold at the beginning of the season, Bill, when he was the everyday first baseman, batting third in the lineup. Guy was hitting two twenty seven. Yeah, he had a lot of homers last year, but still, um, I just and then he he just never got on track this year, never got on track, a little lazy at times at the plate. Um, but I think that one is I, – I think, you know, the Brewers are going to try to find themselves a first baseman in the offseason, uh, and I don't think Carlos Santana will be back at 37.
0: The uh, next question I have for you before we uh, kind of move on is – Craig Council, we're waiting to find out what he's going to do, and that'll be a, an announcement that's made after the season. And today, when Jeff Passan announced that uh, the, the Mets are going to hire David Stearns as a president of baseball operations at the end of the season, uh, immediately Twitter reacted saying, well, here goes Craig Council. He's off to New York. He has a great relationship with David. I I don't say shocked very often, but I would be shocked if, if Craig Council, after all the speculation about him either managing the Brewers or going to spend time with his family, if all of a sudden he said, I'm going to New York. Would you be?
4: Well, I mean, it would be a career move because you're going to a Mets organization with a general manager you're familiar with. with an organization that can spend a lot of money. They've been a tremendous failure this past year with their $440 million pay, bankroll uh, payroll. Um, so, yeah, you'd have to really think about that. I mean, if the New York Mets come along and say, hey, do you want to come and manage his team? I'll give you this X amount of dollars. You know, he could do in New York what he can't do in Milwaukee, and that is, He's not going out. He, he won't be going out and getting the bargain basement players and finding, you know, do I have to use a, a Monasterio or a third or a second? You know, the Brewers, what they're doing this year, he's done a great job managing it. Imagine what that guy can do if he had some actual money in his lineup and guys he can count on, right. bona fide stars. I mean, the Brewers, have, the Brewers are in first place. They're 17, 18 games over the 500 mark with not one all star in their starting lineup. Not one all star. That's incredible. Not not one all star. Imagine what he can do in New York with that bankroll. I just think that it would be. I it would not surprise me at all if he went to New York. Uh,
0: it wouldn't surprise you, because I, I think it, it was all about either winning here or spending time with his family. And if he took off for New York, I I think I'd be pretty surprised because that has not been part of the storyline to this until today.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, I would not be surprised. I I wouldn't. I, I, okay. I think we all kind of figured. I think we all kind of figured Stearns was going to get that job. Um, if he does take time out, Bill, let's say Bill, he, he decides to take a year off or two to watch his kids play college baseball, I think he'll manage again. Uh, if he resigns or he does not come back next year, this contract expires. I think he'll manage. If, if it's not with the Mets this year, if he doesn't come back, he'll be back in baseball. There's no doubt about it.
0: At some point, you would assume, yeah. Chuck, great stuff, bud. Well, as you. always, they can find it at Locked On Brewers,
3: right?
4: Yeah, Locked On Brewers. Find us on any of your podcast uh, downloads: Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major ones. Uh, we're the number one podcast on the internet, and of course, please go to YouTube. Our growing YouTube audience. To search Locked On Brewers and hit the subscribe button, hit that little bell there. But please hit the subscribe button, and that'll become a regular, you'll become a subscriber of Locked On Brewers. It's free. And love to have you every day. We're talking Brewer baseball down the home stretch here each and every day.
0: Excellent stuff, Chuck. We'll talk to you again next week, okay?
4: All right, Billy. All right, Bill.
0: Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go, Chuck Freeman joining us for a couple of minutes, and uh, good to have him on. Good to talk. To you. See, he wouldn't be shocked. I'd be shocked. Grant, would you be shocked if Craig uh, Council ended up in New York?
1: Mm, Right now, yes. Like, next year, 100%. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Maybe years down the road, if he leaves and comes back to do other things, that's different. But next year, yeah, I'd be surprised.
0: I'd be surprised, too. I'd I'd be the knock-me-over-with-a-feather kind of guy. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Before we do, got to tell you about our friends at Quick Trip. They have got all kinds of good stuff going on right now. The one thing I do when I go to Quick Trip, and I've talked about this before, you can walk in and look for some of your favorites. And look on the store shelves for the little tags that say percentages or cents off. And then you look at it real close. And if you buy, say, two, you get 15% off or 15 cents off at the pump. Or if you buy two for a certain amount of money or three for a certain amount, you get 25 cents off, 50 cents off. I mean, there's all kinds of different deals. And download the Quick Rewards app and get it. And you can even place where you want your points to go, whether you want a free cheeseburger, whether you want a breakfast sandwich or something else. They have the take-home meals, which are awesome if you're on the run. Uh, maybe you're going to do a little tailgating, head into the beer cave. They've got ice. they got everything you need, and plus all the basics of the bread and the milk and the eggs and the butter and the bananas and all that kind of stuff. Great things come out of Quick Trip, and uh, they are noted as having great things coming out of Quick Trip because they're noted as the best service station, gas station, in the country. They're that good. Check out our friends at Quick Trip. Ready? This is the Bill Michael
2: Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping?
2: I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, made sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, You had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they
3: do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $699 699 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9 30 2023. <laughs> I, 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 I.
0: If you are uh, looking to still improve your game. When it comes to uh, swinging the sticks, uh, check out our friends at Lux Golf Bays. they got a great facility in Franklin, Wisconsin. Go to Lux, Luxe, L-U-X-E, LuxeGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfbays.com. There's so much over there now. They have the, uh, the Stone Fired Pizzeria. They have got uh, Blend, which is a coffee-slash-cocktail bar. They have got Lux, obviously. They have the Umbrella Bar uh, coming in the wintertime. They have the Ski Hill there's so much over at the Rock Complex over in Franklin, but uh, go to Lux, L U X E, LuxeGolfBays.com. and whether it's just yourself or a group of people, maybe a night out, Friday night out or something like that, and you want to go out and swing the sticks a little bit and have a few beverages and get some food and have the TVs on next to you, that's that's a terrific place to go. Check out lux, L U X E, LuxeGolfBays.com. that is Lux Golf Bays. Dot com. And um, be, before we move on, I had said that uh, the NFL settled with John Gruden. They offered a settlement to John Gruden. Gruden has not accepted it yet. They are still in litigation. So I wanted to make sure we got that clear uh, because Gruden is still bound and determined to kind of expose the NFL for what it is and who they are, at least perceptually. And uh, they have not uh, yet reached a full settlement, but there has been an offer out there and Gruden as of right now has not accepted. So I wanted to make sure I got that correct before we went any further. Uh, Kevin says, I love in this beautiful fall morning. I can't blame the uh, turf for the injury. I blew my ACL one year and tore my Achilles a couple of years later on natural grass. It happens. It sucks. It happened. And, uh, for everybody to say it's karma is ridiculous. I think the jets are going to have a chance for the playoffs, but not the super bowl. That is from Kevin. Uh, Kevin, appreciate the email. Thanks so much. um, the, there can be many contributing factors to a lot of that stuff. It could be everything from Rodgers not getting rid of the football and getting hit, to the turf, to the way he was slung down. I mean, the bottom line is, and I said this before, he's a 39-year-old quarterback, you know, and I don't mean to say that in a, in a sense that, you know, he's this aging old dude that can't get the job done. I just say it in the sense of he's a 39 year old quarterback it, in that in today's day and age for a quarterback play, that's up there. You know, guys don't usually go too, mar, too far past 40 and most quarterbacks in the league are done. And it's really weird because we've had Brady and Manning and, and Rogers and Favre and we've had all these guys that have gone into their forties. And so when you look at young guys, you know that are now out of the game you look at like an RG3 you look at some of the quarterbacks that uh, Dan Orlovsky's of the world you look at some of these guys that are comment you know they're commentators now uh, Alex Smith is now a commentator Matt Ryan is now a commentator you look at all these guys and you're like these guys why, why are they still not playing you know you're looking at talking about Carson Wentz and Nick Foles and these guys are still looking for jobs right now why are these guys not playing it's because that's the nature of the game that's the norm what we're watching with Rodgers and Favre and Brady and all these other guys and Peyton Manning and such a played in their 40s, it's not the norm. So for this to be a 39-year-old quarterback and go down with an Achilles injury, it's a shame, but it's not surprising. It is a rough and tumble game, and Rodgers had already, as Pete Doherty said earlier, had some diminished escapability skills. So we'll talk more about it coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show still yet to go. We'll be back coming up right after this.